Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of this series, Turn Up the News. It is a interesting series to kind of continue on because the world is so full of dark things and rough stories and despair. Uh, reality is not always fun and games. Um, and we see that more and more nowadays and know because of this new modern day and age of technology everything is captured on camera so you see the gruesome things that maybe you weren't always meant to um and i also do applaud some of those accounts and media outlets that will show that kind of other side of it as well there's a really good account if you you know and this is only this is a massive warning conflict observer it's on instagram but like if you actually want to see combat and like get the reality check that I think every single one of us probably needs. Um, this is where the world could be heading. And I'm, I'm going to kind of break into this episode regarding the um, Israeli-Hamas war. Um, <laughs> it's uh, not looking good. There's over 600,000 refugees um, that the UN has openly said they cannot help. Uh, that they're unable to assist, provide any kind of assurances or anything along those lines for those people that are trapped in the crossfire between, you know, what a lot of people will say is a war of religion, ideals, maybe even morality. Um, but at the end of the day, war is full of disgust, despair, honestly, more often than not, genocide of maybe not even a people, but a way of life. Um, And with the new modern day and age, like I was saying with technology, the weapons at people's disposals now are just absolutely insane. Um, The bombs that, you know, Israel's been dropping on the Gaza Strip now. I mean, they are, it's looking like they're just trying to flatten that area. Um, (laughs) You and you know what the crazy thing is. The uh, refugees, um, their their UN refugee. They, well, the UN refugee agency says it cannot provide safety to six hundred thousand people in Gaza, sheltering under a UN flag. So these people clearly support what kind of assistance um, in this type of situation. Trust me, like I have my moral tug of war. Because I want to hold this to the same standard as Ukraine. We should not be involved in this as not only an American people, but as an American government. I understand we've sent some battle groups over there, some fleets, and you know all the above. But to what avail? What, what are we going to do? I mean, there's no right or wrong in this situation, uh, no matter how you look at it. And to anyone affected directly, you know, my condolences and obviously my thoughts go out to you. Um, It's just not, (laughs) it's never something you want to see. War is never something you want to see. No one in this world deserves pain. Um, And obviously there's some exceptions, but when you're talking about little kids just trying to go to school or... A mother taking her, you know, child to a little restaurant, a little cafe, or going to the market. Um, 
and you look up and you see a hailfire of fucking missiles coming in. I don't think that was in God's vision if you do believe in God or any God. Uh, I'm not trying to bring God into this particular conversation. Um, he probably turns his head the other way in moments like this. Again, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, when you dive too much into stuff like this, you really kind of, uh, in a sense, will grow a little cold to it. Not saying that you can undermine it, but what I'm saying is you don't look for the hopeful or the the pacifistic type of things out of it. You know, you got to look at it objectively. There are hundreds of thousands of people dying in the Middle East, and it, it's been going on for quite some time. Um, <laughs> and honestly, the turmoils over there could probably be non-existent if... You know, obviously, our invasion of the Middle East in the early 2000s did not commence. I mean, you hear veterans all the time talking about, what were we even there for? There was no just cause. I mean, we can sit here and talk about it all day, but I really believe we would actually have a different look and handle on the situation if our relations with so many of those governments and peoples over there was not just destroyed, um, you know, due to the fact of our, honestly in some aspects, tyrannical government with, you know, the the downside of it is that we can't actually help anyone over there. We can escort people, we can evacuate families, thousands of people, but it'll just look like Afghanistan again. Um, people climbing on the planes while they're taking off, just trying to get freedom. But, um, you know, the last place in the world that has any kind of freedom is America. Everywhere else is crumbling here by, you know, there. And, um, you know, when you look at this war and this conflict, you scream war crimes all over the place. But no one wants to sit here and talk about that. People like our, uh, you know, this is according to The Hill. I'm not going to sit here and say, yo, The Hill is the greatest media outlet to go check. But former NATO chief backs pause in Gaza war, but not ceasefire. We have guys like this. Um, making decisions. How does that not say... Like, that's contradictory in itself right there. We want to pause a war, but not a ceasefire? Like, this is when people, like... And especially very powerful governments full of elites just playing Monopoly, in a sense. They look at us as numbers. We're filling a quote, a quota... (laughs) a margin, a profit margin, whatever, a, a data sheet that you can bring up in a fucking Senate hearing. It's all these guys care about. How can I further my career? How can I look like I'm the smartest guy in the room? How can I look like I'm the best person out there? But most of the time, especially in American politics, what they say is literally the opposite of what they'll do. There's a really good uh, quote. Um, God, I don't know who it's by, but it was in a movie. Hacksaw Ridge, in war, well, normally, fathers, (laughs) sorry to mess this quote up, normally, brothers and sons bury their fathers, but in war, fathers bury their sons. Such a true statement. And we hear more and more talks of things getting pushed to a different level, um, in this conflict, China is getting involved in the Middle East a little more. Russia has had some things to say. 
I mean, all around the board here, it just does not seem to be trending in any kind of peace. The combat in Ukraine still goes on, still roars on. Uh, those innocent people are still getting bombed, burned, and shot to death. But let's not talk about that. Let's you know, let's focus on this new thing. Um, there will always be this new thing. Um, <laughs> it's just crazy. It really is. And then we have Lebanon's militant Hezbollah leader threatens escalation um, with Israel as war with Hamas rages on. That's according to Los Angeles Times. I don't know why they're reporting on that. That's just a weird thing. That's not a national. Like, that's the LA Times. Like, don't cover LA. Like, what? Israel encircled Gaza City. Here's what we know about the, its ground assault. The Israeli military is thrusting deeper into the Gaza Strip in a ground assault that has encircled the Palestinian enclaved, uh, enclave's biggest city and cut off the main roads connecting its north and south. Israeli officials and Western military analysis, uh, analysts said the campaign has been shrouded in mystery with grow, uh, growing numbers of Hamas fighters and Israeli soldiers reported dead, but without a clear publicly stated plan from Israel about how this campaign might end, or in fact a statement that it had even begun, experts have, be, um, have been forced to read between the lines of non-specific military briefings, satellite imagery, and shaky footage from the battlefield. That is scary. And I'm going to say this now, you know, normally, you know, we're very, <laughs> let's say communicative, like with our allies, and Israel has been an ally for a long time, but they're not shutting any kind of you know, insight on this war with our administration or our government now because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are at the helm. Uh, it's someone else, obviously, behind those two in the shadows behind closed doors. But the fact that we're getting interesting reports of more Hamas fighters, where are they getting their arms? Where are they getting their fundage? I can understand the death toll for the Israeli fighters growing, but it's strange that the Hamas fighters still continue to mount offensives. Um, I know... Russia openly said that they supported Palestine. So did uh, Vladimir Putin. It's just been a strange conflict. Israel deports thousands of Palestinian workers back into Gaza's war zone. Jesus Christ. Israeli says strike on ambulance convoy targeted Hamas. WHO chief utterly shocked. Oh, so there was a... Uh, Israeli says strike on ambulance convoy... The Israeli military confirmed it struck a convoy of ambulances leaving a Gaza hospital Friday, which it said was being used by Hamas terrorist operatives. Gaza health officials said that strike killed a big number of people, while the leader of the World Health Organization said he was utterly shocked by the news and reiterated his call for a ceasefire in the war. Jesus, man, that does not... You can't defend that. How do you defend that? Like I understand, they might they may have had in, injured fighters in there. They're gonna go get them help, like healed up, bandaged, recover, get them back out in the field. But like, dude, there was probably women, children, people trying to get out of there, maybe even getting into the hospital. Uh, that's that's not okay by any means. That's that needs to be investigated thoroughly. The U.S. military deployed unarmed drones in Gaza to assist Israeli armed forces in searching for hostages held by Hamas. The Department of Defense confirmed on Friday. Hamas militants captured about 200 hostages during its surprise attack on Israel early last month, which also killed more than 1,000 Israeli civilians and sparked the ongoing war in Gaza. Oh, gosh. 
how the cards uh, kind of come out of the deck, huh? Both parties in Congress are missing the boat on Ukraine and Israeli aid packages. This is according to The Hill. Opinion by Brian Darling. Okay, no. The current debate over another aid package to Ukraine and a new one for Israel are exposing the deep ideological problems with both parties and the reason Congress is so unpopular. Americans have long memories. They recall that an initial popularity of our engagement in Afghanistan and Iraq and also how both ended with ugly withdrawals. Republicans in particular remember how badly the saber rattling over over Iraq came back to haunt them politically just a few years later. Voters don't want to see a repeat of Americans getting drawn into a foreign war while completely ignoring a bigger national security threat, our exploding national debt. That is so fucking true. I actually, you know what? Shout out to uh, Brian Darling on the Hill. This might be the best article I've read on the Hill so far. This past year, Congress racked up two trillion, a two trillion deficit. Our national debt is total, totaled around thirty-four trillion dollars. That is a staggering amount of debt being carried by all American families reflected in policies put out by the Federal Reserve and impose a hidden inflation tax. The, oh my God, Congress is unpopular precisely because it refuses to address the debt crisis. The idea that our debt problem should be one, be one consideration when writing tens of billions in checks to Ukraine and Israel to defend themselves is an important one. Yet there is resistance by Democrats to cut even one cent of spending to offset new aid packages. The new speaker, Mike Johnson, is um, is right to find offsets for new spending. Okay, which I know he just got. Uh, I believe he just got elected uh, back to speaker of the House. I might be completely wrong. The new speaker, yeah, it was. Um, but that is only one side of the equation. The other is the increased likelihood that the U.S. will be drawn into a more direct role in our proxy war in Ukraine against Russia and perhaps even into a war in Israel. As horrifying as the Russian invasion of Ukraine has been, as an inexcusable, as inexcusable as the Hamas massacre of civilians was that touched off the conflict in Israel, a direct role in either of these conflicts would be deeply imprudent. Incredibly, out of 435 members of the House, it seems that only one represents what average American voters are thinking. Representative Thomas Massey, Republican from Kentucky, declared recently declared an X, recently declared on X, quote, if Congress sends $14.5 billion to Israel on average, we'll be taking about $100 from every working person in the United States. This will be extracted through inflation and taxes. Massey's position is not motivated by the feverish hatred for Israel that members of the left swing, eh, left-wing squad display. It is a valid argument that borrowing more money to send off to another nation will result in more debt for the the average American and might even exacerbate our inflation inflation problem to begin with, which is very true. If you guys want to check this article out, definitely go check it out. Again, by Brian Darling. Uh, He's an opinion contributor to The Hill and uh, definitely a good article. I, I could keep going. Um... I guess this is going to be a perfect time to kind of segue into, I guess, some U.S. news. Federal court, uh, federal uh, appeals court uphold, upholds Illinois semi-automatic weapons ban. Good. Show your ads on TikTok. Smart. Okay. Nope. (laughs) 
Democrats confronted over no votes on House resolution condemning anti-Semitism. It contains lies. Um, Let's check this out. Nearly two dozen Democrats and one Republican voted against a House resolution condemning support for Hamas, Hezbollah, and other terrorist organizations at U.S. colleges, and several of the Democrats defended their vote when questioned by Fox News. The the resolution drafted by Representative uh, Burgess Owens, Republican from Utah, attested such demonstrations created a hostile environment for Jewish students, recognized the October 7th Hamas attack, and laid out how Hamas' long-stated goal is the entire destruction of the Jewish state. When asked by Fox Business correspondent Hillary Vaughn, quote-unquote no vote representing Maxwell Frost, Democrat from Florida, I believe, rejected the notion he hasn't condemned anti-Semitism, saying he is one of the most vocal people on that front. There's lies in the resolution, and right now there's lies everywhere on all sides of this, Frost said, adding he previously decided one week prior to vote against anything that contains lies because that would harm both the Jewish and Arab and Muslim population and students. Okay, well, I mean, honestly, like the fact that that's a discussion in our government when we have $34 trillion in debt, that's great. That's great. We, we are, we're winning. Our, our, our elected officials are winning, bro. They're shit. I mean, they're not following what the American people need, want, and literally require. And this is what we get when we uh, take our uh, foot off the gas and fall asleep at the wheel, people. Um, let me see. University professor connects Christianity with systematic racism and white supremacy on a Christian privilege board. What the fuck? A lecture posted a bulletin explaining how Christian privilege is Christian privilege is linked to white supremacy and systematic racism at Native American and Indigenous Studies at Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. That makes so much sense, bro. Purdue is shit. I think that just makes sense. Wow, I can't believe. And, like, for one of the pictures, they have, like, just... I know they're models and just actors, but they have a picture of, like, a chalkboard, a black woman in, like, a teacher outfit, like, putting her thumb up to, like, a little white girl. What? (laughs) All right. Buzz loving. I don't know uh, how that's a story, but uh, I don't know how you can even connect the two or any of those. Christianity is a religion. I mean, if we're going to start bashing religion, I mean, just what do you even say to that? Like that just, that's just a trigger. Like that's just a document to trigger people, a headline to stir up the pot. Um, some news on uh, Donald Trump's classified document trial. Uh, the judge will apparently be delaying the court case or the trial. U.S. District Court Judge um, Aileen Cannon reportedly will delay the start date of former President Trump's classified document case being brought forth by special counsel Jack Smith. Journalist Julie Kelly, who covered the pretrial hearing in Miami this week, posted on X, as expected, Judge Cannon will delay the trial schedule in Jack Smith's classified documents case against Trump. She posted an announcement from the court Friday stating, pre-trial deadlines temporarily stayed pending order to follow. As expected, Judge Cannon will delay the trial schedule in Jack Smith's classified documents case against Trump. Details will follow. It's according to Julie Kelly. Um, 
on Wednesday, Kelly had noted that the May 20th, 2024 start date may get pushed back. Just left classified docs, quote, just left the classified document uh, case hearing in Judge Cannon's courtroom. She will consider a modified trial schedule given numerous issues, including um, voluminous discovery, discovery delays, late delivery of secure location to review evidence and Trump's conflicting trial schedules. Okay. So they are going to push it back probably just for the reasons I just stated, which I don't think it matters. It's They're going to really try and hold him up not to run for president in 2024. They really are. But it's Donald Trump, and normally he wins that game. Appeal courts temporarily lifts Trump's gag order as he fights restrictions on his speech. Let's see what this is about. A federal... Uh, Appeals court temporarily lifted a gag order on Donald Trump in his 2020 election interference case in Washington on Friday. The latest twist in the legal fight over the restrictions on the former president's speech. The U.S. Court Appeals for the D.C. Circuit decision puts a hold on the limited gag order to give the judges time to consider Trump's request for a longer pause on the restrictions while his appeals play out. The appeals court said the temporary pause should not be construed in any way as a ruling on the merits of Trump's bid. Um, yeah, that's not really that interesting. Nothing really crazy there. Um, Tennessee Attorney General announces investigation into, um, McKamey Manor, the haunted house that's basically a, a torture chamber. What? Let's get into this. Following the release of the new Hulu documentary, Monster Inside, America's Most Extreme Haunted House, folks are against, interested, or once again, Folks are once again interested in the man, typo. Once again, Jesus. Gosh, this was uh, this is on Microsoft Start's like page, bro, and they have so many typos. I'm sorry. Uh, folks are once again interested in the story of McCammy Manor. What is McCammy Manor? The twisted brainchild of Navy vet Russ McCammy. It is likely the scariest haunted house on planet Earth, located in the Summertown, Tennessee, and Huntsville, Alabama. Is Alabama, this place located in this NN. Like, I swear I'm reading this word for word, too. Located in Summertown, Tennessee, and Huntsville, Alabama, this place is scary enough to not only possibly hurt you physically, but maybe even send you to the psych ward. And it is the subject of Hulu's latest documentary. Let's get into this a little more. Russ McKenney is the creator of the world's most extreme haunted house, McCammy Manor. He is also a manipulative abuser, according to three people who realize the horror is never once you, never over once you decide to enter the manor. The documentary follows a few stories from people who visited the haunted house, and while not only being convenient for the spooky season of Halloween, the film's ultimate goal is to get McCammy Manor shut down. Huh. So I guess this is a, uh, a like a horror house going going not horror house but like a scary house like a, like one of those Halloween like haunted houses. I will say this is a quote. Russ told the Sun that the entire film was a hit piece. Quote. I will say that I had absolutely nothing to do with that show and it's nothing but hate. They didn't even try and talk to anyone who supports me or the manor. Also, all the footage you're seeing is from my movies and personal Facebook pages. The original. The only original is the hate interviews. It's just one-sided hate propaganda from people that actually know better 
but are looking for their 15 minutes of fame. They are truly obsessed with me. It's misleading. I hope people realize this. It's not even about McCammy Manor. It's all about me trying to make me look bad. That was their agenda. I know the people involved, and I've seen all the messages between the creators of the project and the hate groups. They have been working on this for a long time. Huh. Definitely uh, probably going to check that out for myself. That sounds incredibly interesting. Um, when it comes to, you know, it's still that kind of season. We're past Halloween, obviously. New Jersey demands that God's Square Mile opens on Sundays. A religious nonprofit has owned Ocean Grove, a stretch of beach and adjacent property for more than 150 years during that time. It's been the Methodist community's policy to close that beach on Sunday. In the 1980s, the group relaxed that policy, opening Ocean Grove's beach at noon on Sundays between Memorial Day and Labor Day. It's the only patch of the roughly 130-mile Jersey Shore that's off-limits to bathers to bathers on sun on summer Sunday mornings. Now, state officials are looking to strip that community of its religious tradition and force the beaches open. That'll probably stir up some uh, some interesting conversation up in Jersey. The billionaires who own over half of America. This is something I definitely like talking about. As the world's third largest country in terms of landmass, it is no surprise that those with plenty of cash in the bank want a piece of the American pie. But did you know that only a few people hold the reins over vast expanses of the nation's pastures? From ranchers who have owned land for generations to newcomer billionaires splashing the cash, I guess we can kind of get an idea of what um, what what like what's kind of happening with wealth in the country. It looks like. Uh, Jeff Bezos is moving back to Miami. No. Here's a look at other famous people who really decided to. David Beckham, Messi, yeah, Tom Brady. Miami's exploding, the Trump family. I mean, it's already been insane. Stephen Marley, Ken Griffin. Yeah. I mean, Miami's always been a crazy place. The vibes are immaculate. It's a growing city. It's It was that crypto capital for a little minute before that went to sham. But it's genuinely a good place to go vibe. Great food, great nightlife. Um, and it's very wealthy in most spots, but there's obviously very bad parts of Miami as well. Um, let's see, let's see. Virginia teacher shot by a six-year-old can proceed with $40 million lawsuit. Judge rules, holy shit. A teacher who was shot by her six-year-old student in Virginia can press forward with her $40 million lawsuit against a school system over claims of negligence by school administrators, a judge judge ruled Friday. The surprise decision by Newport News Circuit Court Judge Matthew Hoffman means that Abby Zwenner could get much more than just workers' compensation for the serious injuries caused by January's classroom shooting. Lawyers for Newport News Public Schools had tried to block the lawsuit, arguing that Zwinners was eligible for workers' compensation. Uh, it provides up to nearly 10 years pay and lifetime Medicare, uh, medical care for injuries. Zwinners' attorneys countered that workers' compensation doesn't apply because a first-grade first teacher would never anticipate getting shot. It was not an actual risk of her job. Hoffman sided with Zwerner, concluding that her injuries did not arise out of her employment and therefore did not fall within exclusive provisions of workers' compensation coverage. The judge wrote, The danger of being shot by a student is not one that 
is peculiar or unique to the job of a first grade teacher. End quote. Zwerner was hospitalized for nearly two weeks and endured multiple surgeries after a bullet struck her hand and chest. Zwerner alleges that the administrator, administrators ignored multiple warnings that the boy had a gun that day and had routinely dismissed ongoing concerns about his troubling behavior. I mean, I'm glad that the teacher is okay, and I think she's happy that she's walking away with a fucking bag. Uh, and that's one thing I will say. Good for her. Uh, did you know the simple... This simple act is illegal in Alaska. 40 quirky facts about America. Okay, why not? Let's see. State of freshness. Alaska has over 3 million lakes. Holy fuck. Yes, you read that right. Over 3 million. Out of all those, only 3,000 are officially named. Huh. I guess you really do learn something new every day, or at least you gotta try to. The Bureau of Engraving and Printing uses 9.7 tons of ink each day. That's a lot of green, indeed. Ronald Reagan was so fond of jelly beans that there was a special holder for them on Air Force One. Everyone has their weakness. I guess so. Name mix-up. The city of Cleveland was originally spelled C-L-E-A-V-E-L-A-N-D. They dropped the A because of a newspaper typo. Good thing it is. Good thing it makes sense either way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, literal land of lakes. Minnesota has more shorelines than California, Florida, Florida, and Hawaii combined. Lake lovers, you know where to head. I did not know that either. Americans eat about 50 billion burgers a year. That's a whole lot of buns and patties. Uh, that's insane. 50 billion burgers. Okay. Before Washington, D.C., the U.S. Capitol was actually in Philadelphia, home of the Philly cheesesteak. Of course, any American should know that. Seattle has the most coffee shops per capita, which makes sense given that it's the birthplace of our beloved Starbucks. Java lovers and rejoice. Huh. Mountains of gold. There's still gold in them hills. The state of Colorado has the has more ghost towns than active municipalities? That's crazy. The smallest post office in the U.S. is Ochope, Florida. It's just 7 by 8 feet. It was, a conf- it was converted into a post office in 1953. That's fucking funny. Oh my god. Lake Chargagagmanchagag... I'm not even going to finish that. In Massachusetts, has the longest place name. Try saying it 10 times fast. I'm good. There's a town in South Dakota where people live in caves. It's called Cooper Petty. Huh, that's really cool. The largest food fight in the U.S. took place in Vicksburg, Mississippi in 1837. The weapon of choice? Watermelons. Hmm. We gotta retry that sometime. Um, Poor William Henry Harrison. He gave the longest inaugural speech and had the shortest presidency. Harrison died just 31 days after his inauguration as president in 1841. It's officially against the rules for a place name in the U.S. to have a apostrophe. Weird, but true. The official state dessert of Vermont is apple pie, but there's a catch. The law states it should be served with a glass of cold milk, a slice of cheddar cheese, or a scoop of vanilla ice cream. What? Okay. 
There's a town named Dorothy in Texas, I mean in Kansas, no yellow brick roads reported yet, okay? Reno, Nevada is actually further west than Los Angeles, California. Okay. I mean, it probably is. Um, cows outnumber people three to one in the state of Montana. That's a lot of methane. <laughs> uh, the first toast in America took place in Virginia. The ritual of offering toast began in men's social clubs and filtered into everyday use for gentlemen. Indeed. The town of Albert in Indiana is so small it doesn't even have a, spot, a stoplight. The town's population is less than 2,000 today. Wow. Hopefully you guys enjoyed those 20 facts. I, I didn't mean to just go down that list there, but it was interesting. But um, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this uh, episode of Turn Up the News with Tea Time Reports. This is Trevor. Make sure you guys do follow us on all of our social media platforms at Tea Time Reports on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Threads. Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. All support is greatly appreciated. We should have some sports clips and stuff coming out. Uh, as well as hopefully that YouTube video coming out very shortly. And we are going to start experimenting with Discord, so stay tuned for that. And if you guys uh, have any kind of constructive criticism or any kind of uh, suggestions or any movies you want reviewed, any you know sports teams you maybe want covered a little more, make sure you shoot us a text or hit us at the email. It's readily available. Take care, everyone. This is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Make sure you guys stay awake out there. Peace.